What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we are going to talk about the biggest needs for all 16 AFC teams heading into the draft. And we're also going to talk about our reactions to the LaMarcus Aldridge signing with the Nets and just our thoughts about the Nets super team. Uh, but before we do, let me introduce you to the rest of our crew. Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, a couple of days ago, I wasn't sure if I was going to be in this episode. Uh, came down with some bad food poisoning. I would not recommend Sonic, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, but I finally got over that. Uh, I'm feeling better today, so happy to be here and uh, glad to be back again. What is going on, guys? It is Connor here, the co-host with the most, and I'm excited to talk about some team needs because I know the Steelers are definitely one of those teams that uh, need some players, so unlike last season. So I'm excited to talk about that and uh, excited for, especially since the NCAA Finals is going on, so hopefully we'll have a result before uh, the podcast is over so we can share it with you. And what's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, looking forward to talking about a couple team needs tonight. I got my Pats to talk about um, and a couple other AFC teams. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what else they have to take care of uh, going into the draft here. Yep, definitely. So that's going to be the main focus of this episode is that we're going to be essentially talking about the two biggest needs for all of the AFC teams. And then next week, don't worry, fans of NFC teams, we got you guys covered next week. Uh, we will do that as well. But we're going to split the NFL in half and start with the AFC. And we will go division by division. Um, so to start things off, guys, let's start with the AFC East. And I will kick things off with the New York Jets. So I was planning on having quarterback as their biggest need even before the Sam Darnold trade. But especially now... I don't think they have a single QB on the roster. I think actually they drafted somebody from like FIU um, in like the fifth round or something. But uh, Joe Flacco has gone. Elite Joe Flacco is gone. Flacco Elite Seagulls. Sam Darnold is gone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but even even with Sam Darnold, you're picking at spot number two. It's got to be a quarterback. It, it has to be. I've. I've really watched a lot of like Jets content ever since the Jaguars got the number one pick from the Jets. I like I started watching the Jet YouTubers reactions to when that happened, how sad they were and angry they were at that, which was funny to me. But some of those people uh, put out good content and stuff. So every now and then I watch some of the Jet YouTuber stuff and it's just baffling to me how the fan base up until today was like, there was a good 30 to 40% of the fan base that was like, stick with Sam, stick with Sam. And I couldn't believe it um, that they were so, that the fan base was so loyal to Sam, uh, despite him being like the 32nd ranked quarterback every season. But they definitely need a quarterback. They need one badly. And on next week's episode, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks that are in the draft that we like more than others. So I'll save that talk for then. But QB is definitely the biggest need for the Jets. Now, they have a lot of other needs, so the second need was a bit tougher to pick out, but I decided to go with cornerback because um, through free agency, 
they were able to address other positions like wide receiver. Uh, they picked up Tevin Coleman, Carl Lawson on defense. They franchise tagged their own uh, safety. So I went with corner as the second biggest need because other than Bryce Hall, who was a decent rookie for them last season, he's still an unproven, uh, going to be a second year player. And who knows with him? Other than that, though, they have nobody you would ever know playing cornerback. So I think at their second first round pick, where I think pick 23, I'd expect that to be a corner if I had to guess. But uh, either that or second round, they need to get a corner at the top of the draft somewhere, do the Jets. So those are my two biggest needs for the Jets. Eric, you have the Miami Dolphins. Give me your two biggest needs for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so... Obviously, the Dolphins had a pretty good season last year, and they may not, they obviously have nowhere near the amount of needs that the Jets have, but obviously, every team has needs. And even though the Dolphins brought in uh, Will Fuller, I'm still going with wide receiver as one of their biggest needs. Uh, I feel like they're still lacking overall at that position. I'm getting some static or something. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, hopefully it's not me. But um, anyway, the the Will Fuller thing was more of like a one year prove it deal. Like he's got to prove that you know, like he's not going to get suspended again. He's got to prove that he can stay healthy. He's had a lot of problems with injuries over the years. So I really think the Dolphins need to address the wide wide receiver position in the draft. And then secondly, while their defense was definitely the stronger unit for the team last year, I do feel like they could use some help at edge rusher as well. Uh, Their pass rush could definitely be better. Their secondary did really great. Uh, So if they can get some more help with the pass rush, then that could make their defense even more lethal. And they're in a great spot to address both of these needs since they have the sixth overall pick and the 18th overall pick now uh they accumulated some picks making those trades so uh i think the dolphins are in a great position if they can address these couple of needs i think they'll have a good season if they do this okay our uh connor um go ahead and talk about the two biggest needs for the buffalo bills yeah so Got my dad's favorite team here. The Buffalo Bills came within one game of making the Super Bowl for the first time since the late 90s. Um, so the Buffalo Bills don't really have too many needs. Um, they really spent the offseason trying to really like just keep the team together. Um, they were kind of in the same sort of boat that the Bucks were in. Obviously, the Bucks had like more people to re-sign, but the Bills really focused on just kind of keeping the team together. They re-signed Matt Milano. They... Um, they re-signed a couple offensive linemen. They signed some offensive linemen to extensions. Um, so that's really what their focus was this offseason. So they didn't really go out and get any free agents. But definitely, in my opinion, the biggest need for the Buffalo Bills is an edge rusher um, because their best edge rusher at the moment is Jerry Hughes, and he's getting up there in age. Um, I think he's going to be in like 32 or 33 this season. Um, you know, he's still a decent player he's a great leader but he's definitely not um up to the caliber that the bills need the bills need someone who's going to really be um you know a force get after the quarterback because they have the secondary back there to back up you know 
if as long as they can get pressure on the quarterback, like it'll basically make this Bills defense way more deadly because it's kind of like the opposite of what they were a few years ago. A few years ago, they had that really dominant defensive line when they had like Mario Williams and um, Jerry Hughes was also there at the time. Uh, and like Marcel Darius where like they had this great defensive line, but a not good secondary. And now it's kind of the opposite where they've got this great secondary with like Jordan Poyer and Tredavious White and Micah Hyde, but um, no real uh, pass rushing threats. And so def- edge rusher is definitely, I think, the biggest need for them. The other need that I put on for the may be a little bit of a strange one, um, but I did put wide receiver as their second biggest need. Um, obviously, they have Stefan Diggs, who, you know, we all saw how he how well he played last season. He led the league in pretty much every single receiving stat, except for, I think, receiving touchdowns. Um, and they do still have Cole Beasley, who's a great slot receiver, but they did let John Brown go during the offseason. So they really are lacking a true deep threat. Um, Diggs is kind of like, you know, the do it all, like, you know, I'll be your go-to guy. I'll get open. And Beasley's a pure slot receiver. So they really need a really a deep threat. Cause that's kind of what John Brown was. Um, but he's gone now. So just get Josh Allen more weapons. Um, you know, they brought in Chris Carson. So they addressed the need at running back. Um, so now it's really just, I think uh, Carson give... actually stayed in Seattle. Oh, wait, was that? That's right. I said he was going to go to Buffalo. Yeah. They brought someone in. I can't remember they brought someone in. I don't know. Why did I think they brought in Chris Carson? Brain fart. Um, regardless, <laughs> okay. they have they have a tandem of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, which as long as both of them can stay healthy, I think the running back situation will be okay. Um, you know, I think what really killed them in the playoffs was Zach Moss got hurt, and so Devin Singletary can't be in every down back. So... Just more help at wide receiver, more weapons for Josh Allen, I think, is what they need. All right. And then, Nate, uh, talk about the Patriots, the two biggest needs for them. I got a feeling tight end will not be one of those needs, but uh, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely not that. Um, We talked going into the offseason that the Pats had a lot of needs to fill basically every position. And I think, I mean, after free agency, I feel like they've they've done a really good job um addressing just about all of them i think the only um two that was still two areas i was still like constitute being like needs um i would say first is, is quarterback um we like talked about that i'm still i'm happy they re-signed cam newton i think he'll do a solid job this season and i'm happy they brought him back um on that you know with that kind of uh money um, I think it's a pretty cheap, you know, fair contract, and he'll be good for this season. And you know, he might ha- have a comeback here, but I think they do need to address that position long term. You know, after Cam, there's not a whole lot uh, going on there. I think uh, um, Stidham was basically a bust at this point. I've got to change my uh, Twitter picture. <laughs> I think pretty quick here. <laughs> um, so they definitely, I don't know if it's worth trading up in the draft to go after one of those top quarterbacks, or if uh, they'll try and go. Um, you know, more in the middle rounds, but I definitely need to try and find a long-term option there. Um, it's not, not a super pressing need, but something that they definitely need to look at uh, going forward in the rest of the off season. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, a need not as big of one as it was coming into the off season, but um, still, I think an area they can improve in is wide receiver. Um, they brought in uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne in the off season and they're hopefully going to be getting Julian Edelman back healthy, but I think they could still 
Um, there's still room for one more uh, game changer in the offense there. Obviously, the two tight ends are going to be great, but um, you know, I think Nelson Aguilar is your number one wide receiver. Is you know not the you know that's not a bad number you know situation there, but it definitely could be improved. Uh, they're picking at number 15 with the ability to trade up. So getting a guy like Devonte Smith is not totally out of the question there. Um, so I would like to see, you know, obviously knowing the Pats not going to do that, but um, making a move for one more one more wide receiver um, in probably one of the first three rounds at least is something I'd like to see them uh, do here in the draft to really uh, push that offense um, over the edge there. Alrighty, and then we will now move on to the AFC North, and I will start things off with the Baltimore Ravens. So I've got two needs picked out for them. I'll go ahead and say this first one. Uh, if you've been on Twitter and you know Ravens fans, you will know <laughs> one of their needs is clearly wide receiver because they have the feeling that they need to trade for every wide receiver out there and sign every free agent wide receiver they are desperate for wide receivers and they really are when you look at their team like um now they're off here's the thing though which is a problem in free agency is free agents really don't want to go to baltimore because of the offense that they run with lamar jackson it's heavy run so if you're a running back that's great offensive lineman i think it's great for them too because uh they can focus more on run blocking but um as far as receivers go, uh, it's pretty tough. It's not a desirable place to go, but for the NFL draft, you really have no choice. So if you get drafted as a receiver to the Ravens, you have to go there. So um, receiver, definitely their biggest need. They have Sammy Watkins and Marquise Hollywood Brown. That's about it. Um, and Ooh, I'm not sure Sammy Watkins all is pros that good. right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Don't forget and, about Des Bryant. <laughs> I think I think he left them actually. Um, so oh. it's like <laughs> well, you know, Willie he, Sneed he, he left a, too. His biggest uh, contribution in the playoffs, I remember, with this Bryant was uh, he came in and uh, his first two plays, he dropped a pass and then committed an OPI. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the Ravens are badly in need of of a really good receiver to help out Lamar and have some diversity in their offense. And then the second need I have for them, uh, really a need that was created after free agency. That's going to be edge rusher. Um, they had Judon and Yannick Ngakwe uh, last year. Both of those guys are now gone. The rest of their defense is pretty solid. They have good run support, but I still think they need a really good pass rusher um, to fit on their team. Because the rest of their defense is pretty solid. They have good corners. They draft a good linebackers. Uh, safeties are okay. Um, and the rest of the offense, if they trade Orlando Brown, they, they definitely will need another tackle. But um, for right now, the edge rusher, I think, is the second biggest need for the Ravens. Uh, Eric, you've got the Cleveland Browns next. So talk about the two big needs you think the Browns need to hit in the draft. Yeah, for sure. So again, kind of like the how I had the Dolphins with the AFC East, I got another pretty good team here and the Browns. Uh, so not a team with a ton of pressing needs. It was kind of tough to figure out exactly which ones I was going to go with. But 
I ultimately, first of all, went with edge rusher because I feel like other than Miles Garrett, their pass rush was a little bit lacking. And I feel like if they can get somebody at least decent to compliment him on the other side, that could help, uh, you know, possibly discourage teams from double teaming Miles Garrett all the time. Or if they do double team Miles Garrett all the time, then whoever they get on the other side could then be freed up to get some sacks. So I'd like to see the Browns go do uh, get a little bit of an improvement there. And then secondly, uh, this one was kind of a tough, this is where I had my tough time. I debated between cornerback uh, and wide receiver. Uh, obviously they've got Denzel Ward, who's great, but kind of like with the Miles Garrett situation, they could really use somebody on the other side to compliment him. And then I kind of thought about wide receiver as well, because while they have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, they're the two of them combined are making a lot of money. And it seems like every year there's always rumors that the Browns are going to trade Odell Beckham. And, and also Odell Beckham has been having a lot of injury problems anyway. So even if he, does stay there it seems like he gets hurt a lot they they really could use uh help at wide receiver so even though i know we're only supposed to do two but i kind of did three there but uh you know i said none of these needs are necessarily pressing it's not like they have to hit big on their first pick or anything like that but uh again though if they can hit those three things i think the browns are going to be a great team next year all right, and then we will move on to Connor to talk about the Steelers. I'm really interested to see what you say about your team here. <laughs> well, definitely the needs this season. Um, despite the people leaving on defense and my disappointment with how they handled free agency, um, you know, they lost Bud Dupree, they lost Mike Hilton, um, Vince Williams has let, you know, they cut Vince Williams, they cut Steven Nelson, looked like Tyson Alu-Alu wasn't going to be coming back, but then lo and behold, uh, strange circumstances have led to Tyson Alu-Alu coming back to Pittsburgh. So I'm happy about that. The defensive line is completely intact. Um, the linebackers are mostly intact. Um, Devin Bush is going to be coming back from injury. They did re-sign Robert Spillane, um, you know, and then the safeties are still the same. It's really just the corners. So if there was a defensive need, then I would say corner, but that's not their biggest need in my opinion. Their biggest need, first of all, is offensive line. Um, you know, this team is a far cry from, the, you know, a couple seasons ago. They The Steelers probably had the best offensive line in the league. Um, you know, it was full of pro bowlers, Villanueva, Ramon Foster, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro. And then Marcus Gilbert wasn't a pro bowler, but he was the right tackle. All but one of those guys is gone now. Uh, Foster and Pouncey have retired. And then Gilbert and Villanueva, which Villanueva might end up coming back. I don't know. Um, I keep hearing rumors that he might come back if the Steelers can get him back for a really low contract. Because um, it doesn't seem like anyone else really wants him. So we might get him back. But other than him maybe coming back, DeCastro is the only one left. So... Um, definitely some offensive line help. Um, I would say probably more so interior offensive line, like guards and centers, um, because I think the backup tackle situation, it was always the run, the run blocking was always the issue last year. And that really comes from your interior offensive linemen. So, um, guards and centers really, um, would be the priority for them there. And then obviously the other 
big pressing need on the offense, which I already talked about the run game was a struggle would be running back. Um, you know, James Conner, he's also still out on the market. There's a rumors that he might come back on a really low contract too. Um, but you know, regardless if, if he doesn't come back, then the Steelers have, you know, a, the fantastic tandem of Benny Snell jr. And Jalen Samuels at the moment. So, um, definitely in dire need of some running back help, which they can definitely address that in the draft. You know, there's Najee, if Najee Harris were to fall to them, um, they can definitely get him or Travis Etienne is there. Um, you know, might be a little bit of a reach for them at 24 to get Etienne, but you know, who knows the Steelers are desperate for a running back. So definitely all offensive needs. Um, you know, it was the lack of a run game that really killed them at the end of last season. So um, they need to address that ASAP because the passing game is in good shape. <laughs> so just the run game. Yeah. And Nate, to round off things in the division, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. So go ahead and give us two needs for the Bengals. Yeah, so I think the most pressing need for the Bengals uh, is going to be to continue to upgrade their O-line. Um, with Joe Burrow coming back from a major injury, um, I think it's obviously huge to have him protected, and they didn't do a great job of that last year. Um, I think that's an area they've got to improve in, and they really didn't do too much in free agency. Um, they signed uh, Riley Reef to a one-year deal, but he's you know a little bit you know out of his prime. Um, I think they've got to draft someone pretty high. I would you know someone like uh, Panay Sewell. I don't know if I said his name right, but um, someone like that with their top pick, I think would be a smart move for the Bengals. Um, Basically, just anything, anything they can do to um, make life either, easier for Joe Burrow. Oh, I'm having a hard time <laughs> talking tonight. Um, but anything they can do to make life easier for Joe Burrow, I think, um, would be huge with the rest of their offseason here. And then on the other side of the ball, I think they've got to um, really upgrade um, at the corner position there. Uh, they lost William Jackson to free agency, which um, is a pretty big loss. Um I think they're hoping to have him back this year, but um, they've got to find somebody in the draft also to uh, replace him and uh, kind of upgrade back there in general. They, they try to make a move to shore up their pass rush with uh, Trey Hendrickson. I'm not a big fan of the move, but um, you know they've invested that, that money um, in their pass rush. Now they've got to do the same uh, with either more money or draft picks and do uh, the secondary there. All right, and then this will be interesting. We will go to the AFC South. So the only real weird part about this is that the Jaguars, if you're watching on YouTube, they show up twice. That's because they have so many needs, and Eric and I will both be talking about them. Uh, So let me just go ahead and tell you guys the biggest need, obviously, is going to be quarterback, um, Gardner Minshew, and C.J. Beathard on the roster that – you know, Woo. not not good. So QB Trevor Lawrence, obviously, the it it just so happens they have the first pick and the the biggest need and the best player is all there for him. So they lucked out getting the number one pick this year, but um, yeah, the quarterback is definitely the biggest need for this team as a whole. But they've got a lot of other needs as well. So another need that I'm gonna say is gonna be edge rusher. Um, because what they did really, uh, in free agency is they signed a lot of defensive line people, but 
they didn't really sign any big full-time like starters basically they signed a lot of rotational guys guys that will come in and out different situations different call for different people but what i'm looking for is somebody that can be in there every single down some sort of um rush outside linebacker or edge rusher that can really create pressure and help take the load off of josh allen because when Josh Allen was a rookie, he he had benefits of Calais and Yawn on the defensive line, and that helped him out, and he had over 10 sacks. This last season, he was the only guy there. They drafted Caleb on chase on, but he really didn't produce in the first part of the year, and uh, teams were just focused purely on him. He also had injuries that held him back as well. I still think he's a really good player. They just need to give him a little bit of help on the other side. And I think that's because when you think about it on defense, like that's the most important defensive position, in my opinion. Um, you know, you can you can have great corners, linebackers, safeties and stuff. But if you don't have good pass rushers, um, your team is really missing out because that's the most important position for defense. So those are my two needs for the Jaguars. Eric, I'll hand it over to you and let you talk about two more needs that the Jaguars really need to address. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do have to give the Jaguars a lot of credit for the moves they made in free agency. Uh, They didn't make a ton of splash moves necessarily, but I thought they got a lot of good pieces and most of them were really cheap prices. So I, if we, if we were doing the team needs before free agency started, like, Zach and I probably could have come up with like 15 needs for the Jags, but luckily it's not quite as many now, but even after what Zach covered, there's still more. And for me, uh, like after a quarterback, the biggest need is uh, a true pass catching tight end. Uh, They signed this guy that I had never heard of before. uh, Chris Manhurts from Carolina. Uh, Jackson had to educate me on him. I didn't know anything about him, but, (laughs) <laughs> um, apparently he's a, he's a great run. He's apparently he's an elite run blocking tight end, which I like that. Cause with us having, uh, you know, James Robinson and, you know, a rookie QB coming in, I expect the Jags to want to rely on a more balanced attack. So I like having that, but we have no pass catching tight end on the roster. And so, uh, I thought for sure the Jags were going to go get, uh, either Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith, but Nate's Patriots had to be lame and take both of them. So we didn't even get a chance to <laughs> uh, be lame, so, <laughs> not cool Belichick, but, uh, but hopefully the Jags can, uh, hopefully they have somebody in the draft that they like. I don't know if they'll, obviously they're going to use the number one pick on Trevor. I don't know if they plan to use the 25th pick on a tight end or if that'd be too early, but, or maybe they got somebody they're eyeing a later round on, but, they definitely need a pass catching tight end, whether they draft one or maybe trade for Zach Ertz or something like they, they need to get a tight end immediately to help Trevor Lawrence. And then my other biggest need, uh, some people might say like corner, but I'm going to go offensive line. Um, our offensive line was like average to below average last year. Uh, I wouldn't say they, like if we were doing, like if Connor was doing a tier list of, <laughs> team's offensive linemen's performances last year. I, I I wouldn't say the Jags would be in like the F tier, but 
they would definitely be in like the C or the D tier. So they definitely have a lot of improvements to be made there. And I guess my biggest position specifically would be left tackle. Uh, they franchise tag Cam Robinson, but I really don't think he's been that good in his time in Jacksonville so far. I think Jacksonville just franchise tagged them because there weren't, I guess they knew they weren't going to be able to get any of the top options in free agency. So I, I'm hoping that they have a plan to draft somebody to then be Cam Robinson's replacement next year, or, or at least get, you know, get some more depth at the very least. Uh, our offensive line, like I said, was not that good last year and we need a lot of help. And also uh, before Connor and Nate oh, address the needs of the, uh, before, I was gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm on the ahead. same track, train of thought as you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, uh, before uh, Connor and Nate address the team needs of the Colts, Texans, and Titans, uh, whatever they say, it's all wrong. Those teams don't need to do anything. Uh, they're perfectly fine. They don't need to do anything. <laughs> I knew I like you'd say it. something like that. <laughs> all right, yeah, so speaking of, speaking of those teams, Connor has double duties on this one. Uh, you've got the Texans and Titans, so... You know, both teams started out originally in Houston, but um, talk about the <laughs> talk about the the two biggest needs for each of those franchises. Well, I guess before I go any further, I will say hats off to the Baylor Bears on the 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, uh, ending Gonzaga's bid for an undefeated run. But back to football. Um, so I guess we'll start with the Texans. Um, Boy, um, this was definitely the toughest one out of these five teams that I'm doing here to pick just because I feel like they need everything. Um, This team is like, I would be shocked, honestly, if this team did not end up with the number one pick next season. Um, They are just, I mean, you think teams like the Jets are a dumpster fire and, you know, some people will say like, um, like the Eagles are a dumpster fire, but honestly... I think the Texans are taking the crown for biggest dumpster fire in the league right now, which I know Zach and Eric are happy about. Um, But (laughs) I think I'll start with um, one that definitely a lot of people would not have said until maybe even like just a week ago. Um, Because even though these stories have been coming out for a few weeks now, it was really only in the past week that I've started to really believe that the Texans need to go out and get a quarterback. Um, from what I'm hearing, they might actually go out and sign Alex Smith because, you know, he is still available. He's pretty much the only quarterback of note that is still available. Um, but it is not looking good for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, now they are starting to turn over evidence and everything to the Houston PD. Um, you know, there's, there are still more women coming out. There are women that have come out and defended him, um, and said that he was fine and everything, but, it's just, it's just not looking good. The fact that this just isn't going away. Um, who knows? Plus, end, plus, he said he's not playing for them either, too. So it's like right, before yeah. that, before that even happened, he said he wouldn't play. So right. So basically, this is all just like. And now, any potential trade value that he might have had is pretty much killed at this point. Um, you know, the Texans would probably be lucky to get like a mid-round draft pick, at, if any at all, for him at this point, given everything that's going on. So. Um, the Texans are, they're definitely not really in a, they're not in a position to draft a quarterback this year, obviously because they traded their pick away to the Dolphins last season. 
um, to go get Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. But, um, yeah, so they are in need. Like I said, Alex Smith would be a good option for them um, just as a placeholder for this season. And then, you know, like, like I said, they're probably going to end up with the number one pick. So quarterback in the draft next season. But they definitely need to address it at the moment because I don't know who would be taking over, honestly, right now. I haven't – I forgot, didn't look at their depth chart, but I don't know. They signed Tyrod Taylor. They, 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 um, yeah, they brought in Tyrod Taylor. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they need to go He's the only guy they have. Because T-Mobile is not – like, he, he's, uh, he's a game manager. I think Alex Smith could actually do something for them. But anyway, it's a quarterback. Um, but then on the other side of the ball, I said defensive line – um, really, I just kind of left this open to like all defensive line. I know I was a little bit more specific with Pittsburgh when I said the offensive line. I said like guards or a center, but really just kind of everything on the defensive line for this team. You know, they lost JJ Watt, obviously. Um, you know, a couple seasons ago, they lost to Demian Clowney. So, like, they don't have any edge rushers. They don't really have any like run stuffing defensive tackles on the team. It's. Like I said, this team just needs everything. It's kind of hard to really go in. I mean, the quarterback, I could go more in-depth because of what's going on with Watson, but it's really kind of hard to go in-depth with this team just because they need everything. Um, They have nobody really of worth, of note, left on the team except for, like, David Johnson at running back, Um, and he's not even that good. So, yeah, Texans are a dumpster fire. Moving on to a team that's a little bit less of a dumpster fire at the moment um, are the Tennessee Titans. So the biggest need I put for them was cornerback. Um, the defense was obviously the biggest disappointment for them last season. Um, you know, they, they King Henry rushed for over 2,000 yards. Tannehill actually had a pretty good season. Um, but the defense was what let them down. Also in the playoffs, too, um, they actually let Lamar Jackson throw on them. So bad on you, Tennessee Titans, for allowing that to happen. Um so and also they also just let Adoree Jackson go um, a couple weeks ago. They he left the team. So um, their supposed number one corner, even though I don't think anyone would consider Adoree Jackson a number one cornerback. So Malcolm Malcolm Butler left them too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they lost they lost their number one and number two corner. So corner is definitely a huge need for this team. Um, there's a lot of cornerback talent in the draft this year. So. Um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if a good one fell to them. There's not really anyone left in free agency. Um, you know, I, the Titans didn't really have a lot of money to spend in free agency anyway. Um, and they, and then they went and blew it all on Bud Dupree. So, um, you know, they just don't yes. really have it. <laughs> so it's really the draft is going to be their last hope for corners because unless they want to go out and get Richard Sherman, but I highly doubt Sherman's going to go and sign with Tennessee. And even then that would only be a very short term solution. So um, cornerback and then on the offensive side of the ball uh, for them, I said tight end was probably their second biggest need because they obviously lost John Smith and he was a huge part of that offense. Um, You know, they were kind of running. If you have an offense that's really heavily based on the run, and a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, then you need a good tight end. Um, you know, obviously AJ Brown is you know a fantastic receiver, but I think really you know Jonu Smith was his go-to guy last season. Um, you know, Jonu Smith really had a big breakout year, and now he's in New England. So um, definitely got to go out and get a tight end. I'm not sure where they would get a tight end from because obviously the the best tight end in the draft, Kyle Pitts, is in no way, shape, or form going to be falling to them. Um, you know, unless the Titans 
wild out and like offer up a boatload of draft picks with a couple first rounders thrown in there to Atlanta, then, you know, and even then, I don't know if Atlanta would trade away from number four. So um, they're not going to be getting Kyle Pitts. Like I said, the tight end class isn't fantastic this year. So I'll be interested to see what they do and where they find a tight end, but it's definitely a big need for them because Tannehill needs a tight end. Um, you know, like I said he's not a fantastic QB, so he needs that safety valve, that you know, big target that he can get it to on a consistent basis. All right, and then Nate, round out this division and talk about the Indianapolis Colts for us. Yeah, so for the Colts, I think the biggest need that um, I see when I look at this team is on the defensive side of the ball. Um, their D line and pass rush really is. Um, very weak looking on paper. I mean, they had an average amount of sacks last year, but um, I have the uh, roster pulled up here. And the guys they have um, under contract right now are basically all uh, no names. I mean, I could uh, read them off to you, but you wouldn't even. <laughs> I don't think anybody besides like the most avid uh, Colts fans would recognize these names. We got Taekwon Lewis, um, Kamoko Tur. Uh, Nate, your uh, audio is oh, not. I was wondering if that was just me or not. <laughs> no, no, yeah, just... same. Uh oh. Uh, Nate. Yeah, this, this is lagging bad. <laughs> um, Nate, you good now? Uh-oh, this isn't good. Um, Sounds like a no. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's take any go of these guys. I'm not sure, um, you know, who they... What are oh, can you hear me? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah, you've been, you've been going in and out there. real bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you good now, though? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, way okay. better now. Right. Okay. Um, so you were talking okay. about I, like, the last thing we heard was you were talking, you were going through the names of, um, some random players. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why I cut out there, but, uh, yeah, basically just the Colts have really a no name, uh, pass rushing rotation and, um, they've got to do something with their first round pick to address that, whether that's, um, adding a new defensive end or, uh, outside linebacker, somebody who can get after the quarterback there. And then otherwise, I think the only other need I could really think for the Colts, um, probably be their secondary as well. They could, I mean, use some general help there. I think the rest of their offense, they've got, you know, solid young talent at uh, O-line, wide receiver. Um, obviously, Darius Leonard and the linebackers are pretty good. They just uh, uh, got Carson Wentz. I think only other area they can maybe shore up is uh, corner or the secondary. Um, I don't, not super familiar with who they've got back there, but you know, that, that won't be an area that would be, um, a bad spot to look to, um, add some more talent. All right. Uh, we will move on now to the fourth and final division for the AFC. And I will go ahead and take the Kansas city chiefs here. So obviously, a team that won the AFC, they don't have a whole lot of holes, but 
for the two holes that that I'll talk about, I'm I'm gonna go since I think they really need three or four new players on their team. I'm gonna say offensive line. They need tackles and interior. Um, they were able to get Joe Tooney, which was nice, but they still need another either center or guard to be added to the team, and they need two tackles really, I believe, with uh, Eric Fisher and. Mitchell Schwartz both being cut before free agency. They lost those two guys, so those are two big needs, and we saw what this team looked like the last game that they played, where they had a bunch of injuries without those players, and it wasn't good. And honestly, uh, I know the Bucks are very good, but there were there were probably a couple, like, quite a few teams that could have beaten that Chiefs team had, uh, had they had the offensive line players that they did. So I think the Chiefs really need to realize in the draft like it's not all about running backs and wide receivers and stuff like they need offensive line and had they had a better and deeper offensive line had they addressed that better they might have won the super bowl so that's very important for them i'm saying like center slash guard and tackles really they need two three uh starters to come out of the offensive line for him in this draft if they don't add anybody like filling the wave on free agency so um that's the two biggest needs and if they can get those man that offense they could get a good offensive line that offense is really it's gonna have like the best players at all, every position group really but offensive line is definitely holding them back uh eric you have the chargers talk about their two needs that they need to get yeah, so I've got similar like as the Chiefs with you. Uh, o line for sure is still a pretty big issue for the Chargers. Uh, kind of like what Nate talked about earlier with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Like, you know, the Chargers really need to make sure that they are protecting Justin Herbert at all costs. I mean, he had a, you know, he had a pretty fantastic rookie season for the most part. He's obviously there quarterback of the future so they need to make sure they get him some help on that o-line i feel like their weapons and everything are pretty good so i don't think they need so much help there but they got to protect that man uh get some o-line help especially at the left tackle position i think is their biggest glaring need on the o-line and then uh defensively for the chargers um i really think they need some help at cornerback uh they they uh they lost Casey Hayward. Uh they seem to be pretty vulnerable to that position and they lost uh they lost their safety Jenkins too. So they, they lost Desmond King as well, another corner. Yeah, and Des and Desmond King. So that like they need they really need to address the secondary uh on the defensive side of the ball. Um if they don't, I mean teams will be throwing all over them every game, so uh, I, I was shocked they didn't try to do more in free agency with all of their losses that they had in the secondary. I felt like there were a lot of good uh, corners and safeties available, but they didn't get any of them. So uh, I'm assuming then that they have a plan in the for the draft to fix this. Uh, but if not, they're in serious trouble. All right. And going now to the Denver Broncos, Connor, pick out the the two biggest needs you have for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So I guess I'll, uh, this is kind of been a theme, usually like one defensive and one offensive need. Um, I guess I'll start with the offensive need. 
probably the biggest glaring need for the Denver Broncos is quarterback at the moment. Um, you know, Drew Locke is definitely not the guy. I think we've already determined that now. You know, we gave him a couple seasons and he had a, you know, Elway's project and Drew Locke's not the guy. Um, and really, I mean, the other guys on the roster, I mean, they have Jeff Driscoll is like, he's not going to be the guy. Um, I can't even remember who the name of the other guy is on their roster, but all three of these quarterbacks like got in the game at some point, And even a practice squad wide receiver got in a quarterback for them one game last season. So um, definitely quarterback. It's a big need. I mean, unlike the Texans um, earlier, the Broncos do have a bit more options when it comes to quarterback. Um, they are picking at number nine, so it's possible someone like Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance um, could fall to them at number nine. It's possible um, they could trade up if they're feeling worried that they won't get one of them to, to draft one of them. Um, the other option for the Broncos, um, obviously Alex Smith is available, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I feel like they would have already done that by now if they were going to do that. So um, I think they're more so focused on the draft. Or what they could do is... Obviously, Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles are out there. Um, you know, they're being shipped for trades. But with the news that's come out today about Sam Darnold being traded to the Panthers, now Teddy Bridgewater is also an option for them at quarterback to trade for. So um, they could go out and trade for Teddy Bridgewater. They do have, you know, some leeway. I know they obviously cannot offer the Panthers a higher draft spot. So that hurts them a little bit when it comes to trading because I feel like if the Panthers are going to trade him, they're, um, you know, they're going to try and get a first round, like a good other first round pick for him, maybe, a, or a high second round pick. So um, I don't know if the Broncos are really in a position to trade out of where they are um, in any sort of scenario. So um, that I think like I said, I think that hurts them a little bit with Bridgewater, but he's an option. And obviously they can have someone fall to them. The other need I have for them on the defensive side of the ball would be inside linebacker, um, you know, Technically, you know, nowadays we've created this edge rusher position is now a position, um, you know, but in terms of outside linebackers on the team for Denver, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are still the outside linebackers because um, it, it all depends with these edge rushers. Like some of them are linebackers. Some of them are um, defensive ends. Like, you know, you have TJ Watt and um like Von Miller who are linebackers but then you have like Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett who are defensive ends so um but on the Broncos the edge rushers are outside linebackers so they really need inside linebackers um the only inside linebacker of note that they have is Alex Johnson who is okay he's kind of like an average inside linebacker but um you know having a really good middle linebacker is pretty key to having a good defense. Um, all the best defenses that you see have always had a really great middle linebacker. You know, you look back, you know, with the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom with Bobby Wagner, or, you know, when the Panthers had their good defense with Luke Keekley uh, running the helm, or, you know, even back when the Steelers were, you know, before they had some of their issues, like the past couple of seasons when Ryan Shazier was running the show in Pittsburgh, um, the Steelers defense was great. So, Really getting a good middle linebacker is an option, is what they need. Um, there is one option, I think, that I know of in the draft this year. I don't know if they'll be able to get him, um, but Micah Parsons from Penn State would be a good fit for them. Um, like I said, I don't know 
if they get him or not, because it's going to depend on whether they want to take a quarterback or not. But I think he would be a really good fit for them. You know, like I said, it fills a need for them, and it can really change the dynamic of this defense and get it turned around. And last but not least, Nate, you have the Las Vegas Raiders. So walk us through their two biggest needs, in your opinion. Yeah, so I think the Raiders kind of have um, needs in a few different positions, but I'm going to stick with uh, two areas on the offensive side of the ball. I think their biggest need here is O-line. Um, they parted ways with Trent Brown um, in a trade of the Pats, and uh, they, I believe they cut uh, Richie Incognito at guard. Um, so that's two starting O-linemen. I, I think they lost one other... Um, other starters too to either free Gabe, agency or Gabe, um, say Gabe Jackson? trade or whatever. Yeah. Incognito is still on the Raiders, by the way. I think G- Gabe Jackson. Oh, is, is he gone? Yeah, um, yeah. I think you were thinking of Gabe oh, Jackson. Gabe... Okay, yeah, I think that's what it was. It was Gabe Jackson. I think they said they were, um, they thought Incognito would get cut or something, and uh, they didn't end up doing it. Um, I might have been reading an old, old uh, article there, but um. Yeah, in any event, um, I think they do definitely need to replace Trent Brown, though. That's, I mean, that's a, um, literally and figuratively a big piece to lose there. Um, I think they should look to draft an O-lineman to um, protect uh, Derek Carr back there. It looks like he's their quarterback um, going forward. I think he's a good option, but um, he's not super dynamic like a, you know, Patrick Mahomes or, you know, a guy that can really move around back there. So, um I would say O line is definitely a a big spot they got to shore up um, in the draft and you know maybe look to sign or trade for another another veteran uh, going into the um, twenty twenty one season and then the other spot I was looking at is wide receiver um, the biggest uh, loss to this area was uh, Nelson Aguilar leaving uh, in free agency of the Patriots uh, they had a decent duo there with uh, him and uh, Henry Ruggs was starting to come along. Um, I think he's not, you know, Nelson Aguilar isn't, you know, wasn't all pro guys. So it was not like a huge loss, but he was on their top targets. And, um, now they're pretty thin in that position. So I would say that's another area they could look to target. I don't know if I would use their top pick there. I would, I would still say O-line might be a little bit more important, but, um, they should definitely look to target somebody, um, you know, relatively high in the draft and, Again, maybe look to you know pick up some kind of a veteran uh, option there as well. So um, those are my two spots for the Raiders. I think their defense is you know solid. I think on paper, uh, Ngakwe and Max Crosby are going to be a nice pass rushing duo. Um, so I think that that side of the ball is going to be at least adequate this year. All right, yeah, and that's going to wrap up uh, this segment of the show. And Nate, I know we we started this kind of late, so. Before we get into the NBA talk, you're uh, you're free to leave, man. Uh, good having you on the show, and and you can dip out early on us before we go around the hoop. All right. <laughs> Later, Nate. Yeah, man. Thanks see for having ya. me. That was. Yep. All right. See you guys. All right. See, see you, man. Peace out. Nate. See you next week. Uh, let's go now around the hoop and talk about an NBA topic that I really wanted to, to discuss with you guys, Eric and Connor. And that's going to be this loaded Brooklyn Nets team. Uh, it's obviously this team was good going into the season, but 
seen here on YouTube, there are five starters here. Literally three of them were additions in season with James Harden, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin. Um, so personally, when I heard the news of this, uh, with Lamarcus Aldridge signing with them, even really to a smaller extent, Blake Griffin, it was just like, I just felt like it's, it just to me was bad because the NBA already was at a point, I think, where there were only a handful of like really competitive teams. But now it honestly seems like unless KD never comes back from his injury or Kyrie or Harden gets hurt, like if two of them are hurt, um, if they're fully healthy, it's not even going to be a competition in my mind. Like it's they've already won. You can put rings on their fingers already. Um, and I think that's not a good thing for the NBA to have like champions awarded in what is this? This was this happened in March. So um, I just I just kind of felt sick and I'm not anti nets necessarily, but it's just to me, it's not as exciting anymore when you have a team like this. So I'll start with Eric. Did you have a similar reaction to me or do you still think this is competitive and how do you feel about this super team? My reaction is similar to yours. My reaction is not quite as strong only because LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are not, you know, the same players they were a few years ago. I mean, they're, they're both definitely past their primes, but obviously they can still contribute. I mean, and you already had Kyrie Harden and KD on the team. I mean, uh, the, I, I guess the vibe that I'm getting from this though, is because I wouldn't say it's over yet just because, I mean, the Western conference is really good. Uh, and most likely if the Lakers can get healthy, I mean, they are, they're obviously struggling right now without AD and LeBron both being out, but you know, if they get both of them back, they still have the two of them. They've got Schroeder, they got Montrezl Harrell and they brought in Andre Drummond. It was almost like when the Nets did this stuff with LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, then the Lakers were like, Oh, we got to go out and get somebody. So like, okay, let's, let's go get Andre Drummond, you know? And I don't know, Tim, the vibe that I'm getting from it is it's reminding me a lot of like Cavs warriors from, you know, those few seasons ago where like, if both of these teams like stay the same over the course of the next like couple seasons, it's going to get that feeling of, like, before the season starts, oh, it's going to be Nets and Lakers. Oh, then the next year, oh, it's going to be Nets and Lakers again. And maybe, like, the Nets will win it one time and the Lakers will win it the next time. Like, it might not be the Nets winning it every time or the Lakers winning it every time, but it's just going to be that same drug out. Oh, it's the same two teams. Like, And then it's going to make the playoffs less exciting because most likely these teams will steamroll through their opponents and stuff like that. But... Um, I still have a little bit of optimism just because like the Nuggets are on a tear right now. The Jazz are still playing really good. The Blazers are getting healthier and they're starting to play better. So while the Eastern Conference, I think it's pretty much a wrap for the Nets, like the Western Conference could still be interesting. So like I'm still going to be excited for the playoffs. But I guess just the thing that disappoints me the most about this is I thought the whole thing when KD left the Warriors to go to the Nets, I thought the whole point of it was going to be, you know, that he was going to 
prove that he could win a championship without having a loaded roster. And obviously, like, no superstar can win a championship by themselves. I mean, they have to have good teammates and good role players around them. So, like, having Kyrie, like, that's understandable. I mean, you got to have another, like, good player by your side. You know, every star player has to have that, you know, second player. Uh, as much as I love MJ, like, even having Pippen was a big help for him. So, having that second player is nice. But then, you know, then you, you know, go and trade your whole draft lottery and most of your depth for James Harden. And then you go out and pick up LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. It's like, weren't you going to do this without having a loaded team? Like, cause now it's like, if the Nets win the championship, it's really going to feel similar to Katie's championships with the Warriors where to me, like they don't do anything to enhance his legacy or like move him closer to passing a LeBron or Kobe or something like it, it'll just be another meaningless championship to me but anyway those are pretty much uh my thoughts on it uh i didn't know if you wanted to ask connor the same question or uh yeah just we'll we'll just have connor share your thoughts about this like what do you agree with eric and me do you have a different point of view what do you how do you feel about this nets team well i definitely agree with eric in the sense that i don't think it's over quite yet um you know eric mentioned most of the teams in the Western Conference, you know, he mentioned the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Blazers. I mean, but he also didn't mention the the Suns on a six-game win streak right now. Like, the Suns are looking good. Obviously, the Clippers, I mean, you know, who knows with them, honestly. Like, I feel like they're one of those teams that, you know, if Kawhi and PG and, you know, their teammates show up, then I feel like the Clippers honestly could be, like, yeah. one of the best, if not the best team in the NBA the problem is going to be whether they're going to show up or not. Like, you know, if playoff P is going to go on milk cartons, like Kyle Lowry usually does in the playoffs, you know, it's going to be interesting. I might, to see, I but... might have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, even though I do think, you know, it really is looking difficult for anyone to stop the nets in the Eastern conference. I will say if anyone's going to do it, like it's going to, you know, the only two teams that would be able to do it would be the Sixers and the Bucks, the Sixers, you know, they're just kind of in this same, I don't know, cycle that they've been in over the past, like, however many seasons where, like, oh, well, Joel Embiid is hurt again. You know, it's like Embiid is hurt and, you know, just the team starts falling apart and high expectations. I don't know with them. I will say the Bucks are starting to look better. I know Giannis recently, like, was starting to re-enter the MVP conversation again. Um, you know, he wasn't, like, at the top of it. But for most of the season, from what I was seeing, you know, he was kind of like lurking outside the top five, like maybe number seven or eight. But he did recently, like I've seen him up as high as like number three in the MVP conversation. So the Bucks are getting better. Um, like I said, if Giannis can kind of, it's just, again, you know, like what Zach has said in the past and what we saw last year too. If Again, if Giannis shows up in the playoffs, kind of similar to the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, like if they show up in the playoffs. Um, but... Yeah, it's just like, and I definitely agree with Eric that it would just be another meaningless title if they won it. The one thing that I definitely think is holding the Nets back, in my opinion right now, is obviously James Harden is a fantastic scorer, and, you know, Kevin Durant can score, and Kyrie can score, and offense, offense, offense. This is still the 25th ranked defense in the NBA at the moment. I know Kevin Durant is hurt, but... 
the Nets are still ranked number 25 in the league in defense, which I don't know, you know, I don't know the stats on how often teams have won championships with a defensive, you know, stat like that. But, you know, it makes me think, like, yes, there is hope to stop this team. Because, I mean, if you look at the Lakers, like, you know, like uh, Eric said for them, like, if they can get LeBron and AD back, like, the Lakers at the moment, without LeBron and AD, are still the number two team in terms of defense in the NBA right now. And, you know, when you get your scorers back, AD and LeBron, and, like, obviously LeBron's not a defender, but AD's a really good defender still. So the Lakers are dangerous there. The Jazz are one of the best defensive teams in the league. The Suns are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, the Sixers are a great defensive team. That, in my opinion, will be what holds the Bucks back. The Bucks are not a great defensive team outside of Giannis. Um, but, you know, a lot of these teams that Eric was mentioning are some of the top defensive teams in the league. So the Nuggets as well. Um, so I don't know. It's just like, and like Eric said, Aldridge and Griffin are definitely past their prime. So I definitely don't see this as like a, you know, as good, big of a juggernaut as that Warriors team was, you know, with KD and Steph and Clay and Draymond and, you know, kind of a rotating cast of centers, but like, you know, DeMarcus Cousins at one point, Kevon Looney, like Andrew Bogut, like, you know, I don't see this team as as good as that, but, you know, I also, but then again, with all the knocks I'm giving them right now, I also wouldn't be surprised if it turned into something like Eric said, where, like, okay, here we go again, like, Nets and, War, or Nets and Lakers, you know, if, I, you know, Eric used the Cavs Warriors, I can use, I guess, a college football reference for this. Like, oh, here we go. It's Alabama and Clemson again. Like, you know, we're doing this all over again. Or Alabama and Ohio State or Clemson and Ohio State. Like, every season it's these teams. So, I don't know. But I have more optimism surrounding this than I did for the Cavs Warriors. Um, so, who knows? I, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Yes. <laughs> I, I will say... Like kind of like final thoughts here. Like, I I do think the West is going to be really, uh, it's going to be really good. All those games in the West playoffs, I think, will be really good because honestly, if you're asking me, like, I think LeBron will come back from his injury like right before the playoffs start. But I'm not sure if AD comes back. Honestly, like from what I'm hearing and seeing, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers just decide to like just shut AD down for the rest of the season and try again, try like next season to go for another ring. But from what I'm seeing, he's definitely not a lock to return. I think LeBron will come back, but um, so the fact that the Lakers could potentially not have their two superstars healthy, that means the West is definitely going to be up for grabs. Uh, but the East I think is going to be cakewalk for the Nets. I mean, even with that poor defense, like they're still, their offense is just so good, man. Like they have so many different players to go to. And if KD comes back, it's just going to unlock to another level. Um, so I, I don't know, but I am different than you guys. Cause I do think it's already been one. Like I, especially once I saw Griffin and LaMarcus like sign Griffin's been playing well with them. And I think LaMarcus is going to be a lot better now that he's like the fifth option on the team. Like it's just, it's just to me, like, a done deal honestly i i hope i'm wrong but like to me i think they've already got the nba 2021 rings being made with the nets logo on honestly but we'll see we'll be we're we're gonna be here to cover the playoffs for you so 
Uh, we, we also, still... we also <laughs> forgot to take into account that uh, they do have perennial playoff loser James Harden on their team. Yeah, so. they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's going to wrap this episode up, guys. Thanks for listening and watching, and we will be back next week with a special guest to talk about the NFC team needs and also talking about some of the rookie quarterbacks coming up in this upcoming draft. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. But until then, remember, guys, be clutch. Bye. Peace.